You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I, apparently, I'm pretty fired up. We had a, a, a pre-podcast conversation, and now I'm, I'm spitting everywhere. Yeah, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, let's jump into this. So coming up on today's show, it's our free agency extravaganza part two. We take a look at a bunch of different names on the defensive side of the ball that the Cowboys could be interested in during free agency. Um, A lot of these guys are second and third wave type of players, but there are a couple premier names on here that we're going to get to in a second. But before we do that, uh, there was some... I would say pretty big news out of the NFL today, and that's that the Bears have decided to release Josh Sitton. Uh, They're Pro Bowl, and I believe he was an all-pro guard just a few years ago. Um, it, they are looking to get younger on the offensive line. I believe Sitton turns 32 years old um, in the next couple of weeks. But in 2017, he was a fantastic player. I believe he was the number five, fifth overall ranked guard for Pro Football Focus. He was our sixth ranked guard at the NFL 1000. Is this the guy that the Cowboys should be interested in in free agency? I mean, I think they should. Like, I don't know what his, I don't know what the money is that he's going to require. But I mean, it's just ridiculous that this guy has been cut by two different teams in the last, you know. I guess two years or three years. Like, I mean, you know, the Green Bay situation is because, you know, they basically have pay payment thresholds that they won't cross, uh, and and they knew that that uh, Sitton was going to cost them more than that, and so they basically, uh, Green Bay basically took a stand uh, and said they weren't going to, uh, uh, you know, they weren't going to uh, pay him that, and so he got released, and he ended up uh, across the division in Chicago, and now Chicago, who uh, you know is not in, I am I am at him. In my estimation, not in any right to be poo-pooing anybody off their team. Uh, you know, they've started to build a nice young core, but you know, good offensive linemen are not easy to find. And now I think you know there could be a situation here where they're maybe eyeballing uh, Nelson from uh, Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, and they think that you know that this might free up, and then he's that he's just kind of again priced himself out of what they what they want. Um, but I, Josh Sitton is a is a great player. You know he's he's a really really talented player, um, certainly more talented than he's been treated the last three years, I guess. Uh, and and I also think that you know if Dallas was interested in and in, in the the money, you know this is all hinging on the money. But if, if Dallas was interested in hinges, hinges, you know just on the money, you know this is a guy who he basically can fix the problems that were created by Freeze retirement last year. Absolutely. You know, I mean, he, he he fixes the left guard position, and then suddenly you've got a really great vet leader in that locker room, another really great vet leader in that locker room to kind of help things along. Yeah, so in 2016, he signed a three-year, $21 million deal. If I can get him something similar to that, and I'm sure you're probably going to be able to get him a little bit cheaper because he's older now, but if I can get him on a two-year deal worth – what fifteen million a year? Are you doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Yeah, I think I think I probably do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, the the because just because it, it solidifies a spot in a way that you know, and there's value there too, and and not having to necessarily, uh, 
you know, spend the draft capital on that position. Now it kind of frees you up a little bit to do what you want to do uh, in the draft. I, I, my belief is that you need to you need to put resources in that left guard position. And and I've kind of maintained up until now that it needs to be a draft pick. And and I've you know hinted that I wouldn't have had a problem with them taking a player at nineteen. But to me, a situation like this, like signing a Josh Sitton. Um, we, we mentioned Norwell too from Carolina. He's he's an even more expensive guy. But sitting to me, like when this became av- available, this really my ears perked up because this could be a, a great mixture of need uh, all across the board, and and you know, and the kind of person he is and the position he plays, uh, plus where you know the value of getting a really very good player could could, could you know be a perfect nexus of all of that uh, for the Cowboys. Yeah, and really quickly, again, he's going to be 32 this season. You can get good play out of a guard at the ages of 32 and 33, and that's probably what the Cowboys are looking at here, right? Probably a one- or two-year rental that gives them time to develop a guy for that position. Uh, So that way they're not forced into drafting an offensive lineman in the first or second round. I would be interested in it. It would not cost uh, anything against their compensatory formula because he was released. Um, just a guy to keep an eye on throughout free agency. And actually, I believe he can start right now looking for teams. So um, we'll see what happens with Justin. Let's move on to some of these defensive Wait, guys. Real, real quick, I would just add that you know, the, the difference between adding a sitting type as opposed to adding a middling free agent in that left guard spot is that a guy like Sitton probably spent almost his entire career trying to make the guys around him play better. I mean, you know, Sitton had uh, had some good guys at Green Bay, to be certain, especially at left tackle. Um, but I think, you know, especially in Chicago, he was trying to make the guys around him better. If he comes if he comes into Dallas, he doesn't need to worry about that. Now he's just a vet offensive lineman who needs to do his job. He's got two all pros on his left and his on his right, and I think it could be a great situation where suddenly, you know, he's allowed to really focus on what he's doing, and that can really help extend his career. All right, let's talk about some of these defensive linemen. Uh, I'm going to kind of lump some of these guys together, and we can kind of pick apart which ones we like. Um, But I actually think there's a decent market out there for one techniques if the Cowboys do decide to go in that direction. Um, Let's go through some of the names. Uh, Haloti Nada played for the Lions last year. I believe he missed most of the season with an elbow injury. Um, He's an older guy, but I think if he he still has potential um, to be that one tech, big one technique that you kick off the field on third downs. Uh, you have Starla Talele from the the Carolina Panthers. You have Don Terry Poe, who played for the Falcons last year in a one-year deal. Chris Baker, who was dominant with the Redskins in 2016 and then jumped over to Tampa Bay in 2017. And Benny Logan, a former Eagle who signed with the Chiefs last offseason. Of those five names, which guy interests you the most? You know the the funny thing about this is that they're all kind of they all kind of would serve different purposes, you know, and all of them kind of would be interest, interesting for the Cowboys, you know, depending on which set of circumstances best fit them. So for like for Nada, to me, it, you know, like he might be an interesting situation for the Cowboys just because, you know, you're, you're kind of rolling the dice. If he if he would agree to a, a lower deal. He could be a guy that, that you know that could come in, only play a couple snaps, you know, and just to kind of keep him fresh as a one technique. And that's the interesting thing about the Cowboys and the one technique is that you know the requirements that they, the job requirements 
are kind of undefined. I mean, you know, you, you, you don't Absolutely. really you, you can either get a sign a guy for a lot of money like a starlet to the I think will t- probably command, uh, you know, Don Terry Poe probably as well are both going to, you know, they're younger guys. They've, they've had some success in the league. They can give you a little bit, you know, not elite pass rush, but, but they will provide for you at the one technique uh, in that way, either f- for some push in a Don Terry Poe situation. I mean, he can actually get after some people, I think. Um, so, you know, if you want to spend the money to go get a guy who could spend, you know, a lot of snaps on the field and can give you something, that guy is available to you. If you want to get a vet guy who you may, um, you know, who maybe could do a little bit of both, but but you don't want to, you kind of want to shield the number of snaps he's playing, you can get that in Haloti Nada. Or if you want to get um, a guy a little bit, um, you know, maybe a little bit more just a, a, exclusively a run stuffer, but he's a little bit younger, uh, and, and you could still get him in there and, and play a ton of snaps, and, and you know what you're getting out of this guy because you faced him a ton. That's why I think Benny Logan is you know a guy that the Cowboys have liked in the past and have shown interest in. Uh, you know, I think they they would you know I think you could probably get him for a pretty decent deal, cheap deal, uh, and and I you know I don't know that he gives you a ton as as a pass rusher, but maybe Marinelli can get a little bit more out, out of pass rusher, but he could certainly be something as a down the line you know four man front defensive uh, interior player, one technique specifically. Um, and then, you know, we, we just heard about Chris Baker getting cut. And, and I think Chris Baker is, uh, you know, kind of a wild card. You know, there's there was talk out of Tampa that he may have some effort issues, um, you know, and that might have contributed to some of the, the, the problems of not getting on the field as much and just not pr- producing. Though, you know, he, I think he only played in three games and he had like five sacks. So, and, and when he played for Washington, all I know is that every time I would study the Washington defense, he looked like he was one of the best players on their team. So, I don't know. I think for me, Baker is kind of the wild card in all these guys because he just became available. You know, the whispers inside the organization from Tampa were not great, um, but you've seen him produce and produce at a, at a, at a high level against very good players, um, and he's still kind of young, and, 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 you know, he he may be able to come cheap because his, you know, flame out in Tampa Bay was just so bad. I think the one I'm most interested in is probably Haloti Nada. Now, I know he's older. I believe he's 34 years old, um, and he has some injury concerns, but that's probably going to drive his price down. And I, I would assume that Nada's only going to fetch a one-year deal on the market. I, I don't envision a scenario where a team gives him a long-term deal. But if I can get Haloti Nada on a one-year incentive-based deal where I can you know, move him off the field on third down, I think that makes a lot of a lot of sense, especially if you draft a guy in this class, you know, in the third or fourth round. And this is a deep one technique class, and we'll get into that on future shows. But or I think Nada you, or, can be a guy. If you like the guys that are currently on your roster at one technique, because they do have a lot of down roster young guys at one technique that they may like, and so adding a veteran top on piece of that may just kind of be the way to okay, this plus the young guys should be enough. So sorry to interrupt, but I thought that that was no, no, no. another thing that's very key, I think, into this equation. And I would say the guys in their roster are much different than what Nada is. They they yeah. they're one techniques, but they play that position quite differently. So I think Nada can give you some high quality snaps this season at a pretty cheap price. My guess is of, of the five that we listed, probably Don Terry Poe is going to get the most per year, correct? I mean, I, I, mean, yeah, I can see Lotelele so. getting a longer deal. Yeah, um, Poe, Poe gives you both pass rush and run-stopping ability, so I just think you can do more with Poe, which means more money. 
Right. Um, we're going to talk about one more defensive lineman really quickly. And this is a guy that I've liked for a long time. Uh, he's been on the market a couple different times. Um, and that's Dom Easley, uh, who I believe played with the Rams last year, correct? Is that right? That's that's the last I heard about him, yeah. Yeah. It, now, I, it's been a while since uh, I, we've checked up on how Dom's doing. But Dom is a, an incredibly gifted pass rusher. Uh, he's got a lot of quickness. We don't know how he is in the locker room. Uh, we've heard question marks, but to me, this sounds like the typical Will McClay, Rod Marinelli guy that they grab, you know, in the third wave of free agency, assuming he doesn't get a, you know, a, a decent offer. And then this is the reclamation project on the defensive line this year. And this is somebody that they bring in to compete with Malik Collins for the three technique. Uh, I just think Dom Easley is a guy that we should pay attention to. So any real quick thoughts on Easley? No, I mean I think you nailed it. I think if if you know he's humbled by free agency and a lack of of calls, I think he's you sign a very easy to cut, easy to get rid of deal um, because he's got problems. I mean it's clear that there's issues there, and and you know you combine that with the fact that he has a very narrow you know skill set that will work in the NFL. What he does, he's very good at, but I mean he, that's the only thing that he can kind of do. Um, I think you know he's he's there's there's a chance that that could happen. Uh, now the question is, will he do anything with it? I don't know, but I it would remind me a lot of kind of a Demontre Moore situation, which is fine. I'm fine taking those shots at you know the second and third wave of free agency because sure. if you hit and they've hit before, um, it can really help the depth of your team. So that's just a guy to keep an eye on. The only uh, thing the other... only thing is is that Moore. I mean, look look what Moore did to them though, because I think that you know, like you know, when we do a large you know autopsy on the season, there's so many small cuts that hurt this team, and and, and losing Demontre Moore for the cut them having to cut Demontre Moore for you know I don't know if it still ever came out in the public what exactly went down, but let's just say that we they can cut him they can cut him for good reason, um, but anyways. You know the fact that they had to cut him when they, he was giving them good snaps and starting to start to come on was a problem. And 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 so I guess my question is is that can you trust to invest anything into Dom Easley without him being cut? And and, and that's not just Dom Easley, but any of these guys. When you're considering any of these guys in the future, I think that's one lesson that we should learn from last year is that it's not just about whether you know getting them to the season. It's like, well, look how much you've invested in these guys, and now suddenly he's completely off your team, and you you lose that, and you're starting from scratch. All right, I'm going to name a couple quick uh, edge players. You just tell me if any of these guys are interesting to you. Uh, Ezekiel Ansah is going to be probably the, the highest-paid defensive end on the market because we don't expect Demarcus Lawrence to get there. Uh, William Hayes, Adrian Claiborne. Oh, gosh, can you imagine if Cowboys brought in Claiborne? Those would be some fun practices. Uh, Connor Barwin, Julius Peppers, Eric Walden, Tank Carradine, uh, Barkevius Mingo, Courtney Upshaw, Trent Murphy, Dwight Freeney, Jeremiah Tachu, Marcus Smith, Lamar Houston. Any of those guys interest you at all? I, if I remember correctly, Mingo ended up having a pretty decent year for Ind- uh, Indianapolis last year. I mean, I don't know what kind of deal he's going to get, but uh, I've always thought that you know, if you need a right defensive end, and you know, that's basically the only thing that that guy can do. I think in the NFL. So, uh, I you know, I think outside of that, I, honestly, I just don't know that you're. You're gonna get. 
I don't for any of these guys. I mean, Adrian Claiborne is I, is a name I'd be willing to listen to. Uh, you know, but I, I just think that but he's another left end. Yeah, they, I mean, they've I already mean, got enough yeah, of those I don't guys. think you have any true right ends in any of these guys, except for maybe Mingo, who who is still just I guess potential in this at this point in his career. I, mean, I don't know how old he is. He's been in the league forever, but he also came into the league at like twenty seven. Yeah, so I mean, he's still youngish. I mean, you know. Maybe you can get some uh, again, but uh, even him, like I don't know that that's your starter. I don't. I don't. I just think that there's not a lot there, really, except for the guys that you're not going to pay for, like Ezekiel Ansa. And I don't. You know, yeah, I think they're okay. The, other than that, Connor Barwin, you know, but he's another left defensive end, I think, and I, and he's. I don't think he's played in like this. He played a three four last year mostly. I, I you know, he's he's played with his hand down before. No, none of those guys really interest me. I I think that you know you're just going to get. More of the same, and not really much more the different than what you've got on this team. I think uh, for for how much more you're gonna have to pay. All right, so let's move on to linebackers, a position I do think the Cowboys are going to try to grab at least one guy in free agency. I think we both expect Hitchens to probably go somewhere else in free agency. Um, a couple of the names that I wrote down: uh, Paul Plazesny, he was the Jaguars. Uh, middle linebacker last year, and it seems like they're going to give that job to Miles Jack this year. And plus, he's going to hit free agency. Uh, Corey Toomer, who is another athletic linebacker who was once on the Cowboys roster, um, started to play better last year. And then there's a couple names of guys that were released over the last couple days. Uh, Brian Cushing of the Houston Texans, Terrell Freeman of the Chicago Bears. Any of those guys interest you at all? I got to say, I'm not terribly familiar with Freeman so I can't really speak very well to him so apologies on I, that. I can go ahead and I can do Freeman please, real quick. Please Freeman, do, please do. When Freeman has played over the last couple of years he's been fantastic. However he's dealt with multiple injuries and he is still in the process of serving a 10 game PED, PED uh, suspension. I believe he's going to miss the first two games of this season. Um, I think he turns 33 years old now so how much money do you want to spend on a guy that's going to be serving a suspension who's been coming off a lot of injuries? But when he's healthy, he's productive. I don't see that. I don't see that as a guy the Cowboys are going to be interested in. I think if they're going to get somebody, it's going to be somebody who can come in right away and be an adequate middle middle and will linebacker replacement. I, I don't. I don't think they want to go with these guys that are just locked into one position. Yeah, and I think I agree. I mean, that doesn't necessarily sound like someone um, that they would be signing preseason. You know, maybe maybe they sure. look into him. You know, after I mean, I don't know what. I guess does he serve a suspension even if he's not on the team? If he if he doesn't get, I don't know. It, 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 maybe it's a fair he, point. He if he, he he sounds like a guy who could who could get signed mid season or something like that. But I I don't think the Cowboys would you know kind of sign that guy before the season. Um, as far as the rest of the guys. Uh, I missed the other guy besides Corey Toomer and Paul Plazeski. Who is the other name? Uh, well, Brian Cushing. Brian Cushing. Oh, yeah, Cushing. I think Cushing's probably going to retire. Uh, either way, I don't want that dude on my team. I, <laughs> or, yeah, maybe they fine. do, but I, I'm not interested in that guy. I mean, you know, PED issues multiple times. Uh, he's just he's not my my cup of tea, frankly. I, I, and I I, I kind of think at this point. I think he probably has got to be close to retiring. Honestly, he's just had so many injuries and just it's been a while. Um, the other Corey guy is Derek Johnson. They're, Derek oh, Johnson is yeah. another, another guy that got released, you know, but Derek, I don't think they're going to have any interest in Johnson. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but again, this is really hard to know without any kind of numbers of what you know they're looking for. But but um, you know, Tumor to me sounds like the guy that of those names that I would probably be the most interested in. 
Um, but I honestly would not be surprised if he just resigns with the Chargers or goes back to Seattle. Um, I mean, I, I think that he would be a good fit. I just don't know. You know, the, the other part that's really hard to, to navigate this is that I, I, what's how is Jalen Smith looking? Like, is the is the 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 talk about him getting better? You know, you know, more and more range of motion, more and more power there, real, and how does that affect their feeling about? what they're looking for in free agency, you know, like, I mean, like, are they looking for their third linebacker? Like the guy that's going to like be their swing middle wing, middle Mike will guy who uh, just kind of rotates in between the three guys that they want to rotate. Is that the idea or, you know, or is it the fourth guy? I mean, how much do they believe in Damian Wilson? Well, I guess that's my point is that that's what makes the shopping for this difficult is because I, I don't know what I'm shopping for. Am I shopping for a starter at Mike, or am I sto- uh, shopping for a guy who can has to be able to play both Mike and Will? Because honestly, I don't think Paul Pozlowski. That's why I'm asking. Because I don't think Paul Pozlowski is, is a guy that I can trust to play Mike and or Will and and be you know super involved in the passing game. You know, like I, I think I, I I would I don't know at, at this point that like I mean, at least for the price that I've got to get at him you know like I just think that there's a lot of bad fits and, and I think that if I'm looking for a guy that's kind of a versatile Mike Will who uh, you know is obviously adept in the passing game because that's just the modern football this modern football uh, I, I I don't know that I mean I, I I think I'd want Hitchens back but I'd want him at my price or I'd want a draft pick because I think that that, that guy does there's not a great fit in, in that list in my opinion yeah, this is going to be an interesting spot because anybody that signs early is going to want to be assured a starting spot when they sign, correct? I mean, they're not going to sign here unless they have a job. Um, or, or at least a guaranteed number of snaps. And I, I just don't know, like, you know. Like, they can't I just, guarantee that to anybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, unless they plan on, on playing, you know, unless their pass coverage situation involves a lot more base defense and, and linebackers dropping, I just can't imagine that these guys are going to have a – ton of snaps that they're going to get signed up you know however many millions of dollars to play and i don't see i don't see them going to more base defense on passing situations i actually see them more going the opposite of trying to get more of these safeties on the field maybe you see more of kavon frazier on nickel situations um so yeah th- this is it's going to be an interesting position i'm confident that they're going to sign at least one guy but to narrow down the list of names here is going to be incredibly difficult. A lot of older guys, uh, a lot of guys that have been uh, have been banged up, and I think that's why it's most likely that they're going to use probably you know a third or fourth round one of their compensatory picks to grab a guy to start grooming for potentially when Sean Lee uh, leaves in a couple of years. Let's go ahead and move to defensive backs. And this is another interesting one because what are the Cowboys shopping for? If yeah. Byron Jones is in fact moving to corner, do you have a need at cornerback? I mean, my my guess would be no. If you have Byron Jones, uh, Chirobi Awuzie, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Marquez White, Duke Thomas, is there is there really a spot open for a corner that you want to give guaranteed money to, um, or are they looking for a safety? And we know that these. You know, these free safety players don't hit free agency too often. Um, but I've got a couple names down of guys that at least I'm interested in. Uh, the top one is LaMarcus Joyner from the Rams. Was fantastic last year. He's another one of these kind of hybrid safeties. He can come down in the box and cover your 
cover your slot receivers. He can play in the box and be a physical player in the run game, and he can play over the top. Uh, Tyvon Branch played with the Cardinals last year. He was fantastic before he got injured. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is a guy that the Cowboys almost traded for. I believe it was last year. Yeah. Um, Bashad Breeland is a cornerback that I think makes some sense if the Cowboys leave Byron Jones uh, at safety. So any of these guys stand out to you at all? Yeah, I mean, actually, I really like their options here, and, and so you know, and really, I think that if you know what they need to do and what they're you know more than likely doing right now is really kind of coming to a consensus on what they think, what Richard thinks each one of our current defensive backs' best position is. And um and I think that you know once they determine that, it it can determine exactly you know where they go this route. You know the, the tough part is that I, I think that if any of these guys that you've mentioned are going to ask for serious money, I, I don't know that I'm necessarily interested, except for Lamarcus Joyner, because to me, that's good. You know, here's the thing. You know, there's been a lot of talk this offseason about the potential of you know trading for Earl Thomas and all this. And listen, if that's a real opportunity that's that's presenting itself, count me as all in on that, like all in, right? But if that's 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 probably not very realistic. I mean, I I, I just no. don't feel like that's that's something that's actually going to happen. So, you know, if if that desire to kind of finally fulfill that need as the you know, cover one's cover three topper position is really still there. Then you know, get out that pay, get out the checkbook and go get Lamarcus Joyner. He's still young. Uh, he clearly would be a good fit. I mean, he he plays he played a ton of that kind of cover one, cover three topper. Like you mentioned, lots of you know, uh, nickel DB. Uh, he's good. He's incredibly good. You know, there's some injury and some size concerns. The guy hasn't played a full 16 game season the last two years. I'm pretty sure. Um, but but at the same time, like you know, those are the kind of concerns you have with Earl Thomas as well. So sure. I think I think that you know, if I think signing a guy, I think that they need it. They they should very seriously either consider signing a safety or drafting a safety high because I think that they need a def, a defined player, like one player in that defensive backfield, especially at at safety specifically, who is a talent and is a player that is a established player at the position they're playing. I don't. I know a lot of people. Don't love the 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 nebulousness of Byron Jones's position, and 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 and, and to some extent Xavier Wood, and to some extent Jadobi Woozy as well. But to me, I I don't have an issue with it, especially in in the today's NFL. But what I do think you need to kind of make all of that work is one guy who you know what his role is, and that he is, and that he knows what his role is, and that he can do it well. And I think, especially the way the passing games are in the NFL. It, it needs to be that topper, especially in this defense. And I think Joyner is one of those rare guys who has the athleticism to do it. He's available, um, it seems like, at this point. So, uh, you know, spend some cash and go get him. Yeah, that is one guy that I think if you could find a way to bring in – I mean, your safeties and defensive backs are basically set. I don't think you need to spend a top 100 pick on that position at all. Um, the other guy, and I mentioned him before, Tyvon Branch is a guy that's played really well over the last couple of years. He is limited to being just a strong safety, but if you want a guy who is like a better version of Barry Church, who the Cowboys have had a lot of success with in the past, if you get a true strong safety that can match up against 
uh, bigger tight ends. I'm all for bringing in Tyvon Branch. I don't think he's going to cost a ton of money, uh, but that at least gives you one rock-solid option at safety. Uh, overall, it, like we said in the the last podcast, we don't expect the Cowboys to be big players in free agency, but we probably expect them to do what they did last year and sign what two or three mid-level free agents and try to make them work. Or do you? I mean, I'm going to throw this up to you. Do you think they're going to change their philosophy, son, some, and maybe go out and spend big on one free agent this offseason? I, I think that at this point, like they can't, they won't be as afraid to do that and I think a lot of that has to do like we talked about is the success that obviously the Eagles had with 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 you know doing that and not just the Eagles and that's the thing I have been on I have advocated for not necessarily just jumping into trying to do what the current Super Bowl champion does I, I think that that is a, a fool's errand and and I think that that is you know you know when you try to completely replicate a situation someplace else you're 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 totally going to run your 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 franchise into a into the ground but what you can do is definitely take pieces and take lessons that have been learned by those guys and and, and I think one thing that we've learned especially the last few years is that you cannot be afraid to to dip your toe to swing the bat every once in a while in free agency and this is coming from a team that had swung too far the other way and I I think at this point now the Cowboys should not be afraid to, and I'm not talking about all these guys. I, I, you know, if they were to sign a Josh Sitton or a Lamarcus Joyner, I would be great with them just doing that and then re-signing some of their own, and that would be a great free agent market, you know, grab. Absolutely, remove one of the you know needs off the table, and then you know re-sign your own guys, and then let's draft. But I, I think that uh, you know, ultimate, and you know, obviously, you know, seat, you know, get some seats at the table for some of the position, you know, make yourself ready to draft with some lower level players. But as far as the top end guys, sign your own guys. And then, you know, don't be afraid if you you have a need at left guard. Josh Sitton is a guy who's, you know, still at the back end of his prime still. You can get a couple good years left out of him. And he's a leader. Go get him. LaMarcus Joyner is a top, is a, is a free safety topper who you've needed that guy for a long time. And, and, and you can go get him in free agency. He's still in the prime of his career. Go get him. You know, Tyvon Branch is a guy who, you know, you've you kind of missed that popper as a, as a strong safety. You can get him cheap. You, you don't really know what he's going to come off the ACL looking like. So he's probably not going to get a ton of deals. So you can get a good deal on him. Go go get that guy. But I think that, you know, I'm not saying that they should go on a spree, but they should by no means be afraid to, you know, selectively target specifically go after these guys who you know are good fits in our in our scheme and fill a need and and go spend some money on them it's not you know you've got Romo's contract coming off money coming off your your deal you're going to have you know more cap space increasing every year and and I just think that they have learned how to fit these deals into their cap go fit somebody else's t- you know player deal we've done a lot of resigning our own guys some of these other players that are on the market are, are worth our time. Really quickly, if you had to pick between Josh Sitton and the Marcus Joyner, uh, you know, assuming that that Sitton gets probably what seven million a year and Joyner gets what nine million a year, who are you taking? I mean, I think that. I think it depends on 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 what they would what you know what the the length of the deals would be like. I think if you're talking about with sitting like a seven like million a four year deal, deal like a, for Joiner, like a four year deal for Joiner, and probably a two year deal for sitting. 
but a two-year deal is really a one-year deal, right? Like it's a Correct. one-year deal with like a you know a option for a, a second team year or something option, like yeah. that. Yeah, like I mean, I would I think that to me would be a perfect fit. Like Jamor Joiner Joiner, I think uh, I like that fit. I I don't love how much money that we probably have to guarantee him for a guy that has you know had injury issues and is and is a little bit smaller. Um, but I think that he has a skill set that we talk about all the time being very rare, and he's available, and that is also very rare. So I think that there is something there. But as far as which one would I do and not, you know, have any worries really, I, I have no, I don't, I don't think I have any worries about signing Josh sitting up for a two-year deal, like like we just discussed. I mean, I think that would make me sleep better at night. I'd feel great. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, we will have Jonah Tolls on the show to preview the Combine. So make sure you guys come back next week. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBTB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.